What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Luke Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and with me this week, I have coming in Clutch Kali. What up, people? I'm thirsty. Just saying. Me too. Me too. I've got three drinks beside me. Oh, four or five drinks beside me. I can't wait to get into all five of them. And then we have longtime friend of the show, longtime patron, also co-host of the Nintendo Driftcast. We got Matt G. What's up, brother? Evening, folks. You know, you've been on the show a handful of times now. You're almost a permanent member. I'm just waiting for the badge to come through. I, I, you know what? I got that uh, set on. There's like a certain quota you got to hit. The badge just pops. So it's like a trophy. You just don't even know when it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, then I don't want it. Oh, dang it. <laughs> it's one of those Nintendo badges. So it doesn't really mean anything when they pop up because they don't really collect anywhere. You just have it. Okay, I'm back in. <laughs> All right, so this is our weekly general video game and nonsense podcast. Uh, thank you guys for joining me tonight. Um, this is the, the Loot Bros COVID cast. So I am in day five, no, day six of COVID round two. Um, first couple of days were kicking my behind, guys. Like I couldn't even bring myself to hold a controller to play video games. I just laid on the couch and marathon movies. And I got to say, it's actually pretty awesome. Although I felt like booty, like I watched some cool stuff and I'm so glad that it worked itself out to where I have you two here with me because I'm going to talk about some of that stuff tonight. But first, we're going to have our toast. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Let's go. Every now and again, I'm, you're just going to hear me disappear. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to mute myself because that uh, old nasty COVID cough. So rounding out the last of July, our Patreon producers are, my name is Effing Mayo and Redbeard Rick. Uh, I definitely want to toast to, uh, actually, I got a bit of a sad toast. Um, so yesterday and the day before yesterday, two musicians in the uh, in in my little world of Christian metal, they passed away, and it was very sad. One of the one of the guys, his uh, his name was Caleb. He was the drummer for this band called War of Ages. Love War of Ages. Got to see them several times. Excellent, excellent band. Super nice guys. Real funny story. Um, one time, <clears throat> I got to see those guys for like a Halloween tour, and they were dressed up. Um, you know what I'm saying? As they were playing their shows or whatever. And the drummer at the time, I don't think it's the same guy. Could be the same guy. Um, at the time, he was a little bit bigger than he is in the most recent pictures. But um, he dressed like a cheerleader. And it was hilarious. Watching a cheerleader with a little bit of a, a, little bit of a belly um, playing the drums was awesome. So, unfortunately, two musicians uh, passed away this week. So, I want to kind of do a little sad toast to those guys. You guys got anything exciting you want to toast to? I want to toast to the fact that as of tomorrow, seven days left in Jim's chemo. Dude, that's huge. That's huge. Whoop, whoop. 
Yep. Yeah. You know what? Actually, well, so wait, seven days from tomorrow. Okay. So we'll have like the next time we record be the, the one day. So cool. That'd be a big toast. That's awesome. Yep. So, anything else? And I guess I'd like to, to uh, toast to Matt G as we, as a last minute fill in. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Seems to be my theme this week. <laughs> hey, man. Well, you know what? You're getting around. I saw you on Trophy Horrors the other night. Got you on the Loot Bros. And then, of course, you guys did the Driftcast the other night, which uh, was very good. I listened. That was the, actually the only podcast I listened to this week was the Driftcast. So, Damn, Skippy. Go. Yeah, I, I literally sat in my recliner and I was like, oh, man, I need to listen to my shows. And then I was like, oh, crap. Kalai asked me to post the Driftcast three days ago. <laughs> but in my COVID fog, I forgot. I mean, I literally told you yes, and I'm confined to the room with the computer 10 feet away from me. And I forgot. So sorry about that. So, yeah. all right, here we go. Toast it up. <laughs> You know, I have to do this on Sunday, right? Uh, that, you know, you guys are uh, you're recording with the old Tricky Mick, right? Yeah, so don't I have to slurp on his show? You should. I mean, I do. He gets really, he loves it, actually. He tells me all the time, oh my God, it's my favorite. <laughs> um, actually, me and old Tricky Mick are going to try to save DC after the show tonight. That's a game I got to get back into. Yeah, it's actually really good. I just spit all over my desk. It's actually really good. I, did, I mean, the first division was good, so... If you like the, the the first game, the second game is just better. So um, it's pretty good. And uh, the division does this cool thing <clears throat> where the enemies kind of scale. So like, uh, you know, like in Borderlands, if you at least the first Borderlands, if, if you jump into a game with Kali and she's already like maxed out, then you can't kill anything because the enemies scale up with her. Well, when you in the division, when you play with a high rank, player like the it scales between the two of you so like you know when i'm shooting i can actually still kill things but when tricky's shooting he's his his enemies are scaled up to his difficulty or you know his his cap excuse me and and it and it works so we're both actually playing the game at our level but we're playing together so um it's quite enjoyable tricky you know care, basically carried me through the first uh, division game and um, we've been talking back and forth for ah, weeks and weeks and weeks about playing this one together. And we played together a few nights ago, um, pre-COVID, actually. And then, uh, and then we're supposed to play together tonight. Supposed to save DC. So well, I tried to play. I tried to save DC with him last night, but he was, you know, he was actually, you know, working, you know, nerd. So. But that being said, this is Loot Bros Podcast. You guys, we have a Patreon. We have all kinds of cool things on Patreon, and we're adding a new perk. That's right. For year two of the Patreon, what we're doing is this week's official topic, we're announcing a new um, game club is what we're doing. The Loot Bros Game Club is what we're calling it, and it's a book club style thing. We're another month, you know, event we're doing with the community to where we are going to be posting a list of games on Patreon, and we're going to allow the patrons, uh, one of your perks, even at the $1 tier all the way up, is voting power on that list. So you will decide what we as a community will play. So the way it's going to work, I'll explain all that stuff kind of during the twat this week, and then we're going to pick our first game. Um but that is a new perk that we're adding to the Patreon. You can get into the Patreon uh, for as little as a dollar. We have 
um, bare minimum, you know, one extra episode a month of podcast content. Typically, we have multiple. We do the uh, Super Loop Bros podcast. Now, the $5 tier, you get access to all those things. You get the voting power perks. You get the monthly Super Loop Bros and all the monthly bonus content that we do. And then you get the uh, deep dive. So each and every month, we do a deep dive on a game or a movie or something in the gaming world or gaming adjacent. And then for the $10 tier, you are a Patreon producer, and we toast to you. And of course, you get all the other perks. And then at the $25 tier, the top tier is the You Pick, We Play tier. That is the pledge tier. Um, Actually, you know, a long time ago, I said I was going to rename that on there from You Pick, We Play to Pledged is Pledged, just from that book, The, Witch, the Witches. Uh, but I am wrapping up. I am literally in the last few minutes of my last pledge game. So. Um, definitely check out the Patreon. If you have not, if you have checked out the Patreon before and you left, hey, please come back. Come check out what we're doing. Um, if you have been with us for a while and you're going away for a little bit, that is also cool. We just appreciate you guys being there and all the support. That being said, that support has allowed us to buy ad space in the next wave of Legacy Comic Books. So if you guys have been following Legacy Comics, we've had uh, the founder and owner. Patrick Hickey Jr. We've had him on the show before. We've had the artist, uh, artist in charge. Not really. He's not really artist in charge, but he's a good friend of ours uh, and the co-host for the comic cast. We've had Josh Adams on here. He works for Legacy Comics. He's uh, got a couple books coming out here very, very soon. Um, if you've been following them on social media, they have been. They posted a video opening up the new Apollyon 20XX uh, Collide. Matt, have you seen that yet? No. No, I haven't. Okay, well, I am going to, while we're talking on the show, I'm just going to tag you guys in it because it's very cool. But, yeah, they posted a video of them opening up the books, and guess what? The ads are in there, and we have an ad in those books. So, it's very, very cool. Now, um, also, we have our YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please check it out. Go check out the YouTube. We put up a video, a version of the show each and every week. Um. And we have the Nintendo Driftcast, our monthly um, Nintendo podcast that you, uh, Matt and Kali, you guys and Joe, uh, no show Joe, that is, that you guys do uh, once a month. And it's uh, it's great. So it's to kind of change things up, diversify things up a little bit. So um, definitely, definitely uh, check those things out. That's kind of it for the in the way of announcements. Uh, you guys want to jump into what we've been playing? Yes. All right, Kalai, you want to start us off? Sure. I have been playing more Monster Hunter uh, because I've been gearing up and trying to um, get higher in the game and beat the game. That's been a lot of fun. I've also been playing uh, Dicey Dungeon, uh, which is a little fun roguelike that you're rolling dice to do your damage. Kind of on the uh, spectrum of like, you know, like the card game roguelikes that are out there. Very relaxing. And then the last game that I've heavily, heavily been playing is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Snap. Yeah. Have you played that? Not yet. Not yet. It's on my list. I, I gotta, I have not allowed myself to play anything. Um, anything that I would really get into. Let me put it that way. Um, until I finish 
this last pledge game. So that is on my list. I need to do that. Man, mm-hmm. I'm just so frustrated. Yep, yep. But, you and you. So just kind of want to put it out there, a little friendly reminder that myself and Zach have knocked out all of our pledge games. So when it comes to the community, we are definitely the favorites. Um, I know, I know. I feel bad. <laughs> I feel really bad. It's not like I don't when they knock out. It's not like I'm doing it. I'm putting it off. You know, I've had problems with the WW2K10 that I've been very frustrated because have you 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 played it yourself, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't gone back to it since um, you and I talked about it, but I have it downloaded. Yeah, and it, and even Joe said last week that the part is very hard because I can't execute it, and and that's frustrating. It's frustrating for a game that I can't execute something, and. I'm going to definitely get Just Dance 2022 down. It's just I've been extremely, extremely busy. And I only can play a couple songs at a time because it is very uh, labor intensive. <laughs> but I'm slowly working on my stuff. I, I promise I am. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. I just sent you guys in our messenger the link that he actually posted on Instagram, not Facebook. So check it out. It's dope. Sweet. So, so I've been liking. Uh, Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxy. I like the comedy in it. It does suffer from the Square Enix uh, syndrome of, hey, let's have some gameplay followed by a ton of cutscenes. But at least the cutscenes are kind of funny, so you kind of get into it. That's good. So, I I would highly recommend it, especially especially if you have um. Game Pass because it is on Game Pass. So does the Xbox version work well or? Yeah, it works pretty well. I've had some frame rate drops that were pretty significant. Like I couldn't, I was having trouble in combat because I was so, my system just chugged. But I restarted the system and I restarted the game and it cleared right up. Okay, cool. In case anybody wants to know. That's good. Yeah, I remember you saying originally it was you having issues, and all the reviews I heard people played on PS5, so I never heard any of those issues, you know? So at least it was something easy to fix. Yeah. Yep, I was very happy about that. Good, good, good. Yeah, when you were telling me, you you gave me a reason to finally turn on my uh, Series X that's been sitting there and wallowing with nothing to play. Oh, yeah, I told Matt, I was like, you got to play this. I was like, but don't play it on PC. I've had too many problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a... Uh, are there any games out there that are like... um, Like PC... Well, I guess PC exclusive is not the best way to look at it. But there are... Are there any... Is there anything out there that's like... This is why you need to must play on PC outside of like... You know, like your cyberpunks and stuff like that. Is there anything out there that's just like not available on console that's worth chasing right now? Not really. I mean, the reason to have, the reason I have a PC is the exact same reason why I bought into the PlayStation. So I started with an Xbox. Then all my friends had, I met Tricky. They're all PlayStation people, so I got a PlayStation so I could play with them. Right. I got a PC thinking when I bought my first gaming PC, I wasn't expecting to game on it much. I'd play like Civ on it, but I met Matt and Matt's like, oh no, you got to do gaming with us on PC. And then Matt introduced me to a whole group of people. 
so I can log on any time and play games with them. I'm big into co-op. I'm not big into sitting there playing games by myself. So like, yeah, that's why I play PC because Matt's on PC. And to be your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, us PC master racers gotta, gotta keep our uh, population growing. Um, (laughs) It used to be years ago, all like the high high-end graphics stuff was what was on pc you know the days of crisis can can your rig run crisis but now with the way everything is anything you find on console or pc and vice versa what you're finding more of are unique indie stuff on pc you know i've talked about it before but the game phasmophobia which is your ghost hunting game is only a pc thing and and it's not really going to come to uh it's not going to come to consoles, not without some significant funding, but it's something that they've been updating consistently. They keep adding new ghost types or new maps, but is there like a blockbuster that's like, oh my God, I got to build a PC for that? No, but it's great because in the past two years with what the scalping of both consoles and graphics cards graphics cards are actually starting to come back down and building a PC is now completely possible and it's not going to be- break your bank like it's been over the past two years. Sweet. Yeah, I'll be in the next few months, I'm going to be in the market of building a, a nice PC. And I know I talked about it before, but um, my loan business has really started to pick up, you know, and, and now it's getting to the point where um, two monitors is not enough. And I was looking at just, I want to do a nice three, possibly four monitor setup um, with some with some decent horsepower. And I find myself while I'm rendering podcasts and rendering YouTube videos, even though with YouTube, I'm only doing a static graphic with like an audio track behind it. Even while doing that and trying to navigate my work stuff, my, my, my laptop just cannot handle it. So... It's I'm kind of like when I do one of those tasks, I need to like that's my task. So as th- since things are getting busier and I've got some uh, some decent stuff closing soon, I'm thinking about uh investing here in the next few months and building myself a, a de- I don't I don't have I'm not going to be going for anything crazy. Uh but when I build it, I will definitely want to have something to play on it since I'm spending that kind of money. So or you can just get Game Pass again. I thought about it. I thought about it. I might get Game Pass again soon because I've got my eyes on a few things. But before we get too far into that, um, Matt, what you been playing? So just like Kalai, I spent a lot of time playing Monster Hunter Sunbreak, or the, the DLC to Monster Hunter Rise. I actually ended up beating it yesterday. And it's probably one of the best DLCs I've experienced so far. The final boss is crazy. Kali, I can't wait to take you and Jim through it because I'm just going to be silent and let you experience it. And by the way, that's code for you're going to die a lot. (laughs) lot. He he tagged me once. And like I said, (laughs) Monster Hunter is one of those games where everything can be going fine and the monster does something and you go, what the hell was that? And then you just pick yourself back up and go at it again. And that's what I love about the series is it's always just about 
not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get back up. I know, cheesy, but it truly is what makes that game great. So now I'm just going back through clearing all of the trash missions that I skipped on my rise in Master Rank and trying to build every armor set and all the weapons I want. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there's 14 weapon types in the game. I've mastered one. I'm going after a second now. But that's small potatoes compared to what we did in World, right, Kali? I had like seven of the 14 done. Yeah, you had a lot. Plus, I don't want you to give up Hunting Horn. Yeah, so the Hunting Horn is a weapon that it, it helps other people in your group by giving them buffs and giving yourself buffs. And one of the things the monsters do is they roar. And if you don't have a, a buff called earplugs, you kind of wince or, or you flinch while the monster is uh, interrupting your attacks. Well, as the hunting horn, I give you the earplugs buff and you can just continue attacking the monster. It's like free real estate. <laughs> you keep going at it. And Kali doesn't like it when I play other weapons because then she has to figure out what to do without earplugs. That is true. Well, that and now your new super, super weapon, which also keeps my sharpness. Yeah, the other thing about the game is your weapon loses sharpness over time, which affects your attack stats. And as you lose sharpness, your attack attack numbers go down. And my weapon now keeps your weapon nice and sharp throughout the entire hunt. You don't have to sharpen one dime, which is awesome. I have to play other hunting horns, though. That one's getting kind of uh, samey. Now, what are you guys playing this on? PC or a Switch? Switch. We're playing it on the Switch, yeah. It's, what sucks is the Switch version came out first, and then Capcom brought it over to PC in January of 2022. And then the DLC, which dropped on July, or sorry, June 29th, June 30th, it dropped on both PC and the Switch at the same time. But they did not introduce cross-save or cross-play, which means if you wanted to move to the other platform, of which I already had over 180 hours on base Monster Hunter Rise, you'd have to start over all over again. And I just wasn't about that. And my friends weren't going to pick it up uh, on the PC just to play it there. So it's still beautiful on the Switch, but 60 FPS on the computer is great. I played the demo on the computer when I could. And of course, it plays wonderfully on the Steam Deck, which is awesome. So if I ever get bored and it's on sale, maybe I'll pick it up again and start all over. But by that time, we'll probably have Monster Hunter World 2 or something like that. Actually, Clyde, did you see there's a supposed leak of the next one called Monster Hunter Paradise? No, they're already working on the next one? Oh, well, Capcom's always had a two-team Monster Hunter team. One team works on the mobile slash Nintendo environment, and the other works on the other consoles. So while they've been doing the Monster Hunter Rise and Sunbreak, the other team, I'm sure, has started building out the next Monster Hunter, whatever it's going to be. They do the same thing with Resident Evil. They have a team called M, was M2 and then M3. I think M2 and M3 are the teams that do the Resident Evil stuff. M2's the good team. M3, I believe, is they're not bad, but like M2 did Resident Evil 2 remake. M3 did Resident Evil 3 remake just to give you an idea of like how their games are received. Um, yeah. And that's how Capcom has been doing it for monster hunter for years, because 
Oh, God. Uh, Monster Hunter. Because in the past, what they would do is they would do the Monster Hunter game. And then before all DLC became popular, they would actually release what's called the Ultimate version. So it would be Monster Hunter 4 and then Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. And the Ultimate version introduced what's back then known as G-Rank, now Master Rank. It's the third tier of difficulty. And what would happen there is you'd have to start over all over again from the new game. With World and now Rise, they introduced DLC, which just allowed you to download the new rank and not have to carry everything over. Or, or I'm sorry, start over again. You're allowed to carry everything over, which has been a great benefit because it now respects your time. All that time you put into the base game carries over into the DLC, which has been a great thing. But not to turn this into a Monster Hunter show, I've also been playing a <laughs> game <laughs> a game called Vampire Survivors. It's a little $3 game on Steam. And all you do is you control a Vampire Hunter, you only use your left joystick, and you take down swarms of enemies. So it's kind of like a horde mode game. As you kill them, you gain experience points, you get new weapons, new abilities, and it's just how long can you survive? And I think my current record is only 15 minutes. So it's a lot of depth. There's like four different characters you could play in it, and they each have unique abilities that you can level up and play. It's just, it's like a little top down, 8 bit stylized uh, bit art type game. And for $3, I literally sold a counter-strike apparel cash on the market and i bought the game with steam credit because i sold something on their market so Sweet. for all those people saying you can't make money playing video games there i made three dollars <laughs> <laughs> uh, <dude, And>, I mean, <laughs> so for forever there i was getting trophies cashing out for my rewards points for playstation network credit buying uh spam games getting trophies <laughs> cashing out my rewards points getting credit i mean it's like a rinse and repeat man that's i did that forever till they got rid of it who <laughs> earns um and then finally the only other thing i really touched this week and it's the game you introduced me to daryl was shapeshifting detective mm-hmm. i've got about an hour in it and what's interesting is all these other games i could play and multitask this game, due to the nature of it, you have to sit and watch everything. You have to yeah. listen to everything the person's saying. Otherwise, you may miss that clue. So I'm only at the the beginning portion of it. I just got my powers, and I'm just starting to turn into other people to go talk to them and see what they say. And it's it's very interesting in the fact that they have to account for anything you do as the player. Yeah. And the questions you ask and whether or not you skip a question that is presented, which I already got my first achievement for deleting a question that I didn't yeah. ask. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to putting more time in that. It plays great on the deck. And I just got to find time that it's like, all right, I can dedicate solely yeah. to this. When I, you know, Maybe I'm sitting in bed at night with nothing else going on and I'm not reading my manga or watching yeah. a Twitch stream. Those are cool to do with a partner too. So like if you and your, and your spouse want to sit down and, and kind of decide together. Um, the cool thing about that one is this, it, that, that game is not the best one out of the group, out of the whales games. 
But what's cool about it is it introduces so many characters that are in other games. And like uh, Jared, friend of the show, we often joke about the Wales Interactive Cinematic Universe. Because you start to, like, so many other people, you know, get their own spinoff games or are in other games. And so, but that game is really interesting. The premise is so freaking cool, you know? Being a detective that can meet someone and then shapeshift into them to then interrogate other people and gain new clues and stuff. So very interesting game. It's a great game to play through for the story. It is not a fun game to play through for the platinum. The platinum's annoying. Well, it's a good thing I'm not worrying about that. Yeah, I would highly recommend playing it and just enjoying it and not uh playing it and then trying to get all the achievements because there's certain there's certain dialogue options as you can tell that you can lose that dialogue option if you make a certain like if you choose a and you didn't choose b now b goes away now you got to play the whole game over again to get that option to pick b so so what's interesting from my aspect is part of my background and my personal life is i've done you know retail investigations or or corporate investigations things like that so when i play a game like this or a game like la noir it's interesting to see what they present you with in a game and your options that you could choose versus what you know i may or may not do in real life so it's it's a little bit of taking your work home with you but it's very neat to see what they present you that's pretty cool that's pretty cool you got anything else nope that was it so it's on to you all right, so um, this week I didn't play a lot of games. I, I really only played two. Um, I played Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is the last game on my list of pledges. I think that makes number seven for the year. Um, uh, it's a beautiful game. Like when it's good, it's good. When it's boring, it's boring. Like I was, I messaged Kali in the group. Um, I was like, man, I, this is. A, I, I have a very bipolar relationship with this game. When I'm in it, I'm really into it. When I'm out of it, I am really out of it. Like the in between is so like non-existent. <laughs> like, um, like it's so weird. And I, I remember like the more I play this, the more I remember feeling the same way with the original game. Like the original Final Fantasy VII is just renowned as this legendary RPG. And I remember playing it when the PS4 port came out going, man, this is way more boring than I remember. And you get lost easy because the navigating, um, you know, over a corridor, up a ladder, down a ladder, over a corridor, up a ladder, down a ladder. It's just so frustrating. Final Fantasy seven remake. It's like that on crack. Like I swear to you, I've got 30, uh, it doesn't tell me right now. I got 34 hours in this game right now. And I, 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 I kid you not, I bet four hours, maybe five, is traveling up and down ladders or up and down an elevator. It's just like, it's the same thing that drove me crazy about Dead Space 3. Like, Dead Space 3 is not a terrible game. Dead Space 3 is a good co-op game. But, like, Levi and I played that game together, and it was just like, in elevator, down elevator, up an elevator, down an elevator. Oh, my gosh, we would spend all this time just to get to the next elevator to go up, then go back down and go up the back down. And so much of the game was spent in elevators. That was just like, this sucks. So, um, 
overall, Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake is a quality game. And it's a good game. I just don't know, and I was telling Matt this before the show, I don't know if it's because I've been locked up all week in quarantine with COVID that like I'm just stir-crazy and ready to get out, or if I'm just that bored playing this game. <clears throat> so, so um, go ahead. if I could, because I tried playing this game a while ago, and I think I've told my story before on the show of how I messed up my save and I ended up just rage-deleting the game off my PlayStation. But, uh, you know, I don't have the same fondness for those games as many other do, but I still ha- I still played a bit of it when I was younger. And what I find interesting is the old games now that they've released, they've introduced the automatic modes where you can do uh you like do triple the speed of travel and, yes. and gameplay and automatically do nine 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 damage. And that's because they know people aren't going to play these games again with the way that they had to in the past where right. you're looking up guides on game facts and figuring out how to make the golden chocobo and you want to get through the game to play it now for the story and i felt very much the same as you playing the remake saying all right parts of it are fun and when it's fun it's fun but when it's not it just drags and i'm just saying you're not the only one out there feeling that way and and it really does it it's like it's so i'm i'm so aggro the thing is, like right now, I'm doing like this awesome, awesome mission. Like I'm on the, the 18th chapter. Supposedly, this is the last chapter of the game, and I'm on this motorcycle chase, and I'm fighting this giant tank with six wheels right now. And this mission's so cool. Like this is awesome. Like chapter 17 and 18 have been so many boss fights and so many cool action sequences that it's just like this is fun, but. It's the 45 minutes to an hour every mission that, like, you have to find that where it's just go over here. Oh, go up, go down, go, go, go down. Like, it's so obnoxious and so annoying. So, uh, next week or next month's deep dive, it will be Final Fantasy uh, VII Remake. Um, uh, T Bird is supposed to be coming back on the to do that one with me. We'll see. Wait, is that next month? Um. Well, if it'll, if it's not the deep dive, it'll be the super loot bros. Um, it'll be one of them. I know you and I are going to do Ratchet and Clank. So whichever one, one of the next month for Patreon, you're going to get a in depth conversation about Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and you're going to get an in depth conversation about uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. So wait, you guys so has what about our Cyberpunk deep dive? <clears throat> that one is going live Monday. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yep. So that'll be okay let me let me rephrase august's deep dive will be cyberpunk 2077 the one that i'll be recording in august that will release in october will be final fantasy 7 remake so uh but yeah or, or or like i said or it might be the super loot bros either way those are two of the patreon episodes you're getting you're going to get a, a bunch of in-depth conversation about some great game um so that being said, I, I've enjoyed my time with Final Fantasy VII Remake during the actual like action sequences, and the, the cutscenes are really good. I just really need that speed from point to point. That's just been, I just need it. Just it's a, it's a little, it's a little much. They could have they could have streamlined a lot of this game. Um, that being said, the only thing, the other thing I've been playing is that new free to play Smash Bros kind of style game called Multiverses. 
Have you guys seen this yet? I've seen it. I got invited to the beta, but I just didn't have time to do it. It's not bad. Um, if you like, um, if you like Smash style games, then you would really enjoy this one. It plays a lot more like Smash than, say, like PlayStation All Stars. Um, and it, it's decent. I mean, I think it does what it does well. It's a free to play game, so there's no cost to get involved. Um, you level up fairly fast. You get XP pretty well. Um, it's got a handful of playable characters that kind of interchange from, I guess, season to season. And as you build up XP, you can unlock characters for good. So I'm like a hundred coins shy of unlocking Batman. So I played that. I've been playing that one with spider packs for, uh, played it for a couple hours yesterday, a couple hours today. Um, it's not a bad game. I don't think it's a, I don't like smash and I don't, so I don't let me back up. I don't like smash style games, you know, like, like beating your person into a certain, um, a damage point and then knocking them off the map, you know, and then them having the opportunity to do the six jump hop dash, you know, save themselves kind of things. I don't really care for that so much. What I really liked was super, uh, uh, PS all stars where you had like actual finishing moves. And like, if you got, if you connected with the finisher, that's how you won. I thought that was a, a cool way of doing things. Um, I know that game's not near as highly regarded as smash. So I'm in the minority, but for me, just play style wise, I enjoyed that a little bit better. So I'm going to chip away and play this one. I've got, man, I think I got a good chunk of the trophies already. Um, just kind of playing it naturally for a couple hours. So, um, well, not really. I only have 15% of the trophies, so I don't have a ton, but I, I mean, it seemed like they were popping pretty regular and they're pretty straightforward, you know, like, um, win some matches. Win 10 matches, 50 matches, 100 matches, you know, get uh, 10 people out, 30 people out, 50 people out, 100 people out. Like, it, I mean, there's a little bit of a grind to it. Win 100 matches, win 300 matches. So it's, but the matches aren't very long, and it's got, it's, it's got this really cool mechanic where you can, like, you know, I guess rematch um, instantly and to, up to a best of three, which I think that's pretty cool. So it's like you can... You know, if you have a good close match with somebody, like we had some uh, spider packs and I had some really close calls where people that we felt like we were pretty evenly matched up with. So we rematched them and you would do a best of three. That's cool. Um, if someone comes in there who's way over leveled or way over skilled because they just because their their characters low level doesn't mean they're not ex- you know, good at the game. And so like someone came in and just wiped the floor with us. I'm like, oh, I want to play them. <laughs> Let's move on. So it gives you the option to at least play with someone that you are evenly matched with more than once um, before it moves you along to the next group. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, outside of that, that's pretty much it for me. I, w- I will say this, though. I got to watch the Halo show on Paramount Plus this week. Did you guys see that yet? Hell yeah. I loved it. Yeah. So when I, f- I watched the first episode, um, I don't know, a few weeks back, um, and I didn't think it was great. I, I thought the first episode, it was promising. Like this game, this show has this weird kind of tug of war on special effects where it's like one minute it's HBO Max, the next minute it's um, Sci Fi Channel. Like certain things kind of looked really budget, but other things looked really great. 
But I will say, and for anyone listening who maybe you didn't see the show, but you saw like a bunch of bad reactions to it, or you read some things that you didn't like, it gets really good by the end. It's only eight episodes. And so on the first episode, I was like, I, I might not ever go back and watch this again. By the eighth episode, I was like, man, I don't, I'm not ready for this to be over. So they did a good job telling the story they told. Um, it was a good prequel to Master Chief in the games. Uh, I'll stop you right there. It's <laughs> They've actually come out and said the show is not canon. So it yeah, has I, I nothing know. to do with the games. I know, but it, it get for someone who maybe has play, who's familiar with Halo, but has never, never watched the show, that gives you a kind of like a pinpoint of where this would fall in the timeline, even though they did denounce it being canon, which I'm glad they did. But I want to ask y'all's opinion. What, who, who, Who's your favorite character out of the whole series of the show? Master Chief. I would actually. Uh, uh, I'm probably going to say Kai. Because she was probably the funniest thing in the show. So I thought Halsey was awesome. I thought what they did with her and how. She kind of weaved in and out of things was really cool. And I, I think that that was kind of one of the best, um, one of the best plot, I guess, points in the, in the sh- series, in my opinion. I thought, I thought she was good. I feel like she was written well for what she was supposed to do. For being the person they wanted her to be, I think they did a good job there. There, there were other things on the show that I, heartily disagreed with um but oh yeah oh, she yeah. <laughs> was one of them that i said okay i see what they're doing and i like what they're doing absolutely but you know what overall i thought it was pretty decent i liked it <laughs> it's no resident evil <laughs> okay I, I can't with that one just the, every time i see a clip or a meme or a picture i'm just like what are you doing okay so Granted, I haven't seen the new series, so I can't really say it's as bad as it appears to be. But I decided I was going to put the um, the Paul W.S. Anderson films on. Oh, there's so many cringe moments in there that I, I can't. I'm just I'm like, man, I, and I was. I've been kind of watching them because, I mean, I've been just stuck in this room with COVID all week. And I watched uh, three of the films, the, the Resident Evil films. Like, and I'm like, man, these are so bad. I remember feeling assaulted in the movie theater. <laughs> I still think the first one holds up. The, the rest of them, I agree with you, all, all five ways from Sunday. But the rest of them, yeah, no, forget it. But the first one, I think, holds up pretty damn well for what it was supposed to be. Um, I think people are looking for a one-to-one conversion of the game, and you're never going to get that with Hollywood's trends. Right. But from a, from a, here's a zombie movie, it's about a company named Umbrella who made a virus that brings people back from the dead. I think the first one succeeded. I did not see Welcome to Raccoon City because I heard extremely bad things, and I went, into the Netflix series with a open mind. And by episode three, I shut my mind. I was done. I, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't take it anymore. 
And then somebody in the Facebook group posted that dance scene. And I said, no way this was in the show. And it was. And it's horrible. Yeah, I don't know. It's so crazy. So the Welcome to Raccoon City is the biggest tug of war between the game and Hollywood that I've ever witnessed in my life. Like, it is such a bad script with good characters, not all, just some, really, really bad characters, and then the most, like, wildest amount of Easter eggs from any game series I've ever seen. Like, like Welcome to Raccoon City is... It's like such a mixed bag. I don't even know. Like I, I watched it again this week, and I'm like, "This is awful." And then it's like, "Oh, but that's really cool." Like as a baseline, it's a bad movie, but it's got some really cool stuff into it. Like so, for example, like uh, Stephen Amell's brother Robbie, Robbie Amell, he plays Chris Redfield. He's a great young Chris Redfield. The chick that they got to play Jill was is a good Jill. I don't remember her name. Um, the Wesker that they chose was pretty decent. I think he was kind of poorly written, but like he had the look at least. Um, their Leon was atrocious. So, so bad. And every step of the way they wrote him so poorly, Matt, it was offensive. You know, it was just like, this is awful. Like Capcom treats, Leon, like he is Superman of their universe. And then this movie came out, and we're like, we're going to make him a bumbling, cowardice idiot. And he's a drunk and he's stupid. And it's just like, it was like the most emasculated version of a character I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe it. And then they take Claire, who's this loving mother figure, you know, protector figure. Throughout the entire franchise, Claire Redfield is never, ever this um, hardened, like, uh, super douche, you know? Like, she's always the, oh, my gosh, let me take care of Sherry. Oh, my gosh, let me take care of Maura. Oh, my gosh, let me work for this company so that I can take care of people. She's a caretaker, right? Like, she's a she's a strong character, and she's a very good character but like the way she's written is always like let me take care of something also while surviving and being you know one of the the one of the bad a's of the of the story in this movie she's written like this friggin man-hating she-ra i don't know dude it's it's awful it's just so bad like it's it's terrible so and it's so I'm sorry to cut. Yeah. No. So, Kalai, you, you've you've never really been that deep into the Resident Evil series, right? Oh no. But take Wheel of Time and how you feel about the Wheel of Time show on on Amazon is how we feel about what they're doing to Resident Evil these days. Well, yeah. I de- I decided that I could write my own Resident Evil movie, and probably you could, better. and it would be better than Netflix. Yeah. But I have yeah. a name for it. Would you like to hear the name of my Resident Evil show? Sure, sure. Resident Evil, the JJ. 
<laughs> I think I just heard someone fall all the way in Australia. <laughs> Dude, your Resident Evil with JJ would be better than what we've been getting for the past decade. Well, wait, it would. It could also be a porn, but very, very upsetting porn. Because that JJ doesn't stink because she hasn't washed, or does it stink because it's dead? <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. There, there's probably been better Resident Evil porns than what the Netflix show has come out with. <laughs> so, you know, in the past decade of Resident Evil, like, out, anything outside of the games... It it is a dumpster truck on fire. Now, some of the animated stuff has been pretty good. So I like the I like all the animated stuff. Actually, I the Netflix animated um series they put out. Um when it came to Blu-ray, I, one, yeah. yeah, I bought it. And it's not bad. You know, I enjoyed not, it. I don't think it's I don't think it's a masterpiece by any imagination, but like it's pretty decent. All three of the films up to that point are pretty decent. One of them has basically scenes ripped out of John Wick in it, which I think are cool. You know, like, I think it's interesting. It's fun to watch. Like, I'm not offended by any of this, <laughs> you know, like, but good God, the live action stuff has just been atrocious. And Welcome to Raccoon City had the opportunity to be good. There's so much love and care in the Easter eggs and the the depth that they went to introduce certain characters. But then there's also this Hollywood just bastardization that they just do with these IP. And like it's like in order to exist, we have to tear this apart and rebuild it with our eyes closed. And I just don't understand. I, I, I can't understand it. So that's how a lot of people felt with the Fantastic Four franchise because yes. they came out with that Fox, the latest Fox version, and it was stupid. It was horrible. And a lot of people said they made it just so that way they could hold on to the license. And then finally, Disney bought Fox and said, well, we're going to stop that right there. Yeah. It's, it's abusive what they do with some of these IPs. And to your point, yeah, the CGI Resident Evils were, were pretty decent. And I know when the Resident Evil Netflix show was first announced, people saw Lance Reddick announced as Wesker. And a lot of people poo-pooed it, being like, well, Wesker was white. And and they explained that away in the show, because the show is canon to the games, which blows my mind with what they did. But he's a great actor. He kills every scene that I saw him in, but this is not the Wesker. And to bring it back to what you said, Master Chief in the in the Halo series, is not our Master Chief. Correct. I think it would have been good if they named him some other Spartan, and maybe it was a a prototype to bring Cortana online. But that's not our Master Chief. This isn't our Wesker. These aren't our games. These these are not our our shows. So, that's how I felt on that. And and I agree. And the thing is, is the guy that plays Master Chief, he actually does a really good job of the own cold marine type, you know? Like, he does a really good for what they for the way they wrote that character. I really liked his performance. I thought he was good. Now, I didn't like his voice, but you know what? Like, I don't. I, if you're not going to take the voice actor from the game, he was fine. You know, like I wasn't again. I wasn't offended by it. I was a little. <laughs> you know, there was some liberties taken throughout the show that I'm like, wait a second. No, and I really did have a problem with the with the romance scene because I'm like, wait a minute. Homeboy gets 
his hormone implant, he cuts it out. All of a sudden, he's got emotions. Now, granted, he's a dude, so like I understand he <laughs> has never felt the raging hormones that he's feeling now. So, of course, he finds a love interest. Or a vajayjay. There you go. <laughs> so, but the thing that got me was this. It was like, <laughs> he hooks up with this chick. And I'm like, and then they just, they have the the very traditional fade to black. And then they have the, you know, we're both sleeping beside each other. And I'm like, there's no freaking way. This would have been the most awkward encounter in all of the universe. While Cortana watches. <laughs> That's another thing. It's like, wait a minute. So this dude, who's never even felt the emotions that he's feeling now, gets his first Woody. Uh, hooks up with this alien you got chick. a friend in me oh is that for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a snake in my boot like that and then the freaking they have their love scene and he freaking then they're both satisfied enough to just go to sleep and i'm just like no no that would just that was so unbelievably bad and you know they didn't even I mean, they didn't even try to like cover up. They didn't even try to like like, suspend the disbelief at all. Like, I can suspend the disbelief that you just cut a hormone blocker out of your spine. I can suspend my disbelief that you've been genetically modified and enhanced to be this Spartan soldier. I can suspend my disbelief that you just had a surgical implant put in your brain and it's an artificial intelligence that is learning, you know, everything about the human race. But I couldn't suspend my disbelief for that romance scene. I was like, are you, I, I sat, I literally audibly said, are you freaking kidding me? They're doing this? Like, this is so stupid. Like, what gets me is because they brought back Jennifer Hale for Cortana and you hear her voice. And because of the choice that they made in the show to show Master Chief's face, they couldn't go with the voice actor for Master Chief. Right. And it's just jarring to me to hear Cortana speak, but not hear Master Chief respond. Yes. And that's just kind of a, a disconnect that doesn't help show. The the romance scene definitely doesn't help the show. And the action scenes were kind of neat the way that they interlace yeah. the oh, yeah. first person action and the action that the Spartans could do compared to normal soldier. I I felt they displayed that very well, which oh, I was yeah. happy with. And overall the show wasn't horrible. But like I said, these aren't our characters that we grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. And getting getting back to the Netflix show, you know, they announced this one as this. They went head on the diversity marketing, you know, so it was like, oh, you're going to change these things and celebrate the changes that you made. Not because you thought that this was best for the story or this was the best actor for the job. So, like, they came out of that gate swinging that whole thing and i was like man god dog come on and then they chose lance reddick who i freaking love like i love that dude he is such a good actor he has such a cool voice like i was why i watched all three john wick movies today and just like him mr week like he's he's awesome and I'm like man how are you gonna do that and then they make him look like a freaking Dollar General version of Blade? I'm like, come on. So, so like I said, they explain that. And the scenes he's in that I saw him in, he killed it. There was this one scene where he shows up to the principal's office for his his daughter, who 
give a fight. And the way he talks and the way he manipulates the scene is amazing. But that pales compared to what they gave him. Like it's it's these actors are doing their best yeah with a shit sandwich and it's horrible <laughs> to watch this this dumpster fire go. I'm yeah. sorry, could you rephrase that instead of shit sandwich? Can we use Jill sandwich? You missed that opportunity here, people. <laughs> you really yeah. See, that's a good one, Goliath. You did. <laughs> I right. fail at life. Well, you know, I want to I want to turn the tide for something that you guys should totally check out. I mean, 100%. If you've never taken a recommendation from me before, this is the one. If I have ever let you down, this will make it better. If you have taken my recommendations and be like, oh, this guy kind of knows what he's talking about, this is a good one. You guys have to go to Amazon Prime and watch The Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. Have you guys seen that? Uh, yeah. God, that was so freaking good. Like, that was be- way better than it had any right to be. Matt, have you seen it? I'm sorry, you said The Tomorrow War? Yes. Yes, I I watched that. I actually enjoyed that a lot. That was so good. It kind of started off a little cheesy because all the normies that they put in there that just kind of died in the beginning, they were kind of all comical. And I'm like, oh, no, don't tell me you're going to pump all this money in this budget to make this look as good as it does because it looked amazing. That CGI was was fire the whole time. Those enemy designs were fire. Like that was some straight up resistance stuff. It was so cool. And then it was like, but all the secondary characters are kind of, excuse me, goofballs. I'm like, man, I hope that that, that doesn't, that's not the case. Well, then once they kill them all off, it really got to be a pretty serious movie and told a very good story from like his encounters and his life with his father up till the person you're presented in the movie and then who he finds out he becomes not no spoilers all the way to the very end and the decisions that he makes and how that they, how they kind of like leave it off. And when, you know, again, try not to spoil anything, but you know how, when he goes back and then has the task to try to prevent things from happening. Yeah. I was like, Man, well, how are they going to do this? It seems almost like you know the movie's going to kind of fade to black and go away right here. Then they have like another whole leg of the story that leads to them discovering everything, and then that turns into some really awesome action scenes that ends with a really cool battle. And that movie had me like completely engaged the entire time. Like when that was over, I was like, "Dang, that was a freaking awesome movie." Amazon Prime, The Tomorrow War. That was so freaking good. Like, I watched a handful of just, like, really awesome films this week. And, you know, again, like I said, I've been laying down on the couch watching and watching TV. And Halo surprised me. Tomorrow War blew me away. I watched a couple stinkers in there, including some of the Resident Evil movies. And I got one more uh, movie that I think you guys should watch. I believe it's on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, it's called Annihilation. Have you guys seen that one? No. No. Oh, man. I think it's got Jennifer Gardner in it. I'm trying to look it up now. I don't even know how to spell Annihilation, but there we go. 
Malation. There we go. It has. Mm-hmm. I need the IMDb. I am. This is riveting audio. Annihilation. It's got Natalie Portman in it. There you go. Jennifer Gardner, Natalie Portman. Same thing. Um, it's a adventure drama horror. But this is the one I got in Discord, and I said it had some Last of Us vibes. So essentially, there is a event, something that happens, and what ends up, there's like this, uh, they call it shimmer, and it's essentially almost like a force field. And they don't know if it's a religious thing, it's like a, like a religious event, if it's an alien thing, if it's a supernatural thing, but essentially, the government is sending teams in there, and these teams never come back, with the exception of one man. When he comes back, he's like super, super sick, and he'd been gone for a year and they're like, Hey, we need to figure out like, you know, we need to go in there and do some research. Well, the dude hit the whole story takes place with, uh, around Natalie Portman. And that dude that came back was her husband. So she kind of volunteers cause they're both ex military. Um, well, he was serving military, but she's ex military and she's a biologist. So they're like, we need to go inside this shimmer, inside this this perimeter, essentially, and see what's happening. And when they go in there, everything is like really overgrown and uh, mutated. And there's some really cool scenes with some wild looking animals. But everything has the color palette of The Last of Us. You know how like when The Last of Us, everything was kind of like grown up and, you know, um, mold all over stuff and just is a very cool aesthetic. You can definitely tell there's some Last of Us influence on the setting of this particular film. So it, it was very, very good too. Like, it, I mean, it's more, it ends up being more sci fi than it ends up being adventure or horror, in my opinion. Um, but a little bit of a thriller. But there's just some really cool scenes in there. Some really cool stuff happens. So I would highly recommend Tomorrow War and Annihilation with Natalie Portman. That was a real, those are two really, really good movies that I watched this week. So I know you guys you don't usually come here to listen to us talk about movies, but you know, that's the, that's what I brought to the table today. And I, I don't think anyone who's a video game fan will, will love the Tomorrow War. And I do think also that uh, Annihilation kind of plays on some of those strong video game themes and aesthetics and stuff that we're all very used to. So, all right, you guys want to head over to the leaderboards? Sure. Sorry, I keep muting my mic, trying not to die on the microphone. All right, we're going to start off with the True Achievements leaderboard. Go to trueachievements.com, set yourself up a profile, link it with your Xbox or your PC. We'll track all your achievements and read out the top five each and every week. In first place, we have Sadik with 1,875 achievement points, and he's been playing some Ancient Epic. Have you guys tried that? Oh, uh, excuse me, Raji or Raji? Ancient Epic? I don't know. What do you guys do on Xbox over there? (laughs) I haven't played it. All right. Then we got uh, Sony Pony to You with 1,000 playing some As Dusk Falls. Anybody play that one yet? You guys check that one out yet? No. Nope. Sorry, I had to mute my mic. All right. 
We got third place. We got I'm styling on you, bro. Uh, playing some Power Wash Simulator. He's got 880 achievement points. That I actually did try a little bit of. How is that? Uh, for me, it was as boring as it sounded. But okay. I see the appeal for some folks. Well, I, uh, I'm in a couple dad groups on um, on Facebook, and some of the dads were like, you know what? This is a game that I didn't know I needed in my life. And they were posting some pretty positive things about just sitting back and pressure washing their houses. So I, I can't imagine it being really fun, <laughs> but hey, you know, there's something out there for everybody. Next up, fourth place, we got Kalai with 408 achievement points. Guardians of the Galaxy. Look at you getting them leaderboards. You can go for the 100% on that one, Kali. Did she bounce? Unless uh, she's muted. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, maybe she's taking number two. I don't know. All right. In the fifth place, we got GDI Master Ace with 250 achievement points. And then heading on over to the PlayStation leaderboards. Affect, this is insane. This is the most I've seen yet. So this freaking dude stacked it up and killed everybody. Affectatious Dong, 1,641 trophies. Not points, actual individual trophies. 1,641 trophies. Can you believe that? That's crazy. Is Is that just the last week? That's seven days. That's the last seven days from right now. Wow. Isn't that, that is incredible? CJ, you are a freaking beast, dude. That Boy, is, he needs a hobby. <laughs> man, he needs two more hands. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord, that's an, that is incredible. So that um, is awesome. Yeah. What's up? And just going back to, I'm so sorry, I stepped away from the mic. I, I did hear you guys. The Guardians of the Galaxy, I haven't decided if I'm going to 100% it, because one of the trophies is you have to get all of their 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 gear, all of their like skins. Mm. Yeah, I hear that, I, I heard that if you want to do it in one playthrough, you got to follow a guide, and that is not the way I like to play the that style of games. Exactly, and if they don't let me go back and get them later... Because and that would be stupid if they don't. Because later in the game, you get an ability that will allow you to find that stuff. Hmm. So if they don't let me go back to to replay chapters with that gear, there's no point. Okay, I dig it. All right, second place, Rebbe Rick with seventy nine trophies. So first place was one thousand six hundred forty one. Hail to the king! Second place, seventy nine. Playing some farm together. All right. Third place, Mr. TMNT84 with 28 trophies. Playing some Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Fourth place, Gaz Davis with 26 points. Playing some Pixel Junk Racers. And then fifth place is uh, Matt Spelled Backwards with 18 trophies. Playing some uh, Digimon, uh, Digimon World Next Order. So there you go. Very nice, very nice. I love seeing somebody new on the board for a while. It's nice to see that. Yeah, can but you believe I got fourth place? I uh, I, can, I can believe it. That's good. It's good. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're back on the board. So, Kali, would you like to jump on our um, backlog beatdown? I would. So, I'm styling on your bro is at the top with 115, followed by CJ of 82, which, you know, I, 
I can't even imagine if how many like Xbox games if the man played all those PlayStation games. Diago is at seventy six. Daryl and Redbird Rick is at sixty nine. Joseph is at fifty five. Nice. Gareth is at fifty two. <laughs> JT is at forty eight. I yield to no one is at thirty. He just got a whole bunch of points, so good for yeah, him. Yeah, he's sneaking up in there. There you go. Jared's at twenty nine. Alexander is at twenty three. Matthew Moden, uh, Molden is at twenty two. Which I'm really surprised he's not higher. Uh, James the Nerd is at 21, and so is Zach. And I'm still at 15, but I'm working on Guardians of the Galaxy as my next plus two there. Noah's at 15. Hang on, I'm updating Sadik right now, so he's going to get a few more points. Sorry, keep going, but I just I wanted to let you know that um, I forgot to update his again before, before the show. Hey, I'm, I'm I got COVID. It's not my fault. You're doing nothing. I'm kidding. <laughs> literally, you're not wrong. I have literally done absolutely nothing. Like I barely worked. Uh, no, the builder is at fifteen. Did he stall at fifteen or? Yeah, um, he he's got him a little girlfriend now. And what? How old is he? Twelve. A little little dog. Um, but yeah, he's got him a little girlfriend now, and uh, his. Ex-girlfriend who's also our goddaughter. All of a sudden, since he he's got him a little girlfriend, now him and her are doing stuff together every day, you know, playing games together, or whatever. So I, I sense a little jealousy. So yeah. wait, I have to ask because he I, do they actually call themselves boyfriend and girlfriend? Oh, dude, it's it's they're they're telling each other they love each other now. So it's just freaking craziness. I'm like, come on, dude. At twelve. Yeah, they move a lot faster than I do. That's like somebody <laughs> else we know, Kali. Oh, who would <laughs> <Yeah>. that be? <laughs> so oh, somebody who is not playing Monster Hunter with us. Oh, I thought you uh, were talking about. I thought you were talking about me. You're. Oh, uh, they're in love. Yeah. Well, yeah. So he, he's got a little girlfriend now, so I can't get him to play any freaking games with me. A little jerk. And then he he went from the same kid went from I don't play Fortnite anymore because Fortnite is whatever to I mean well the two girls that I spend time with every day they play Fortnite so I gotta play Fortnite so so anyways I've updated Static sorry about that sorry that was totally totally um, <laughs> yeah threw me off so, well yeah you you well when it oh. Man, I'm telling you, I'm not ready for these kind of conversations. And then, so like, you know, we con- we do the, we're very upfront and open in this house about everything. Okay. So there's nothing off the table. We we talk about all, all, everything. And then we're also very clear about the fact that, hey, do not say or do anything on your phone you don't want to have to answer for because I will just grab it and I'm going to go through it. And that's just, that's been the, the, the you know the deal since day one like i pay for the phone i pay for everything that's home you know like you adhere to my rules while you're here and you know as long as everything's on the up and up we're always good and then so <laughs> i read through some of his messages and i'm like what why are they in love already <laughs> I'm like what is this so then i had to explain like hey i don't want you to not I don't want you to not say how you feel, all right? You think you feel, but I do want to talk with you about like the 
gravity of what you're saying and help you understand, kind of talk you through it. So I'm not, I didn't sit there and be like, look, kid, you don't know what love is. You know, this is his, <laughs> this is his first little serious girlfriend. You know, as far as he knows, he's head over heels for her. Isn't Noah the youngest one? No, he's my no, he's my twelve year old. No, my the youngest one, the seven year old, he's in love with Noah's ex. And he did oh God, funny story. He didn't realize that he was so I my wife and I um uh, were sitting I was <laughs> so uh, I've you got I've sent you pictures I know of my office or my game room at the time, and I know that I've like like FaceTime with you guys or video message with you guys walking through here. But my my door is like a glass pane door, right? So my wife brought a chair to the door. The door's shut. She's on her phone. I'm in the chair on the inside inside the room with the door shut. And we're just looking at each other through the glass, talking on the phone like we're like I'm in prison. And Paxton didn't realize that he was still in the party with me on PlayStation because we were playing multiverses together. But he wanted to leave and go play with my goddaughter who he's in love with and she's she's 13 by the way and so her and noah were boyfriend and girlfriend you know a year or two ago or something like that. i don't even know either way so paxton loves ariana my goddaughter noah he has his own girlfriend but Ever since he got a girlfriend, him and Ariana are talking every day on the phone and they're playing video games together every day. Like it's brought, I don't know. It's, it's a, that's a whole thing. So last night I'm, or not last night, night before last, whatever it was, I'm talking to my wife through the, you know, the little prison setup we got and Paxton's still talking through my PlayStation five controller because I wasn't wearing a headset. I was just using the onboard mic and he's like, Ariana, why don't you like me? Do you still like me? Ariana, do you still like me? <laughs> my seven-year-old, okay? And my wife and I are listening to it, and we're la- we're dying laughing. He didn't know, because here's what happened. Multiverses right now will not allow a child's profile to create an account to play online. There's like a bug or something. It's not letting them do it. So even though I lifted the parental settings on the consoles and on their profiles so that they could create, you create their profile because their age is still set below whatever the age is they're looking for 13 or 16, it won't let them do it. So I had to let him use one of my alternate accounts to play multiverses before doing that. He was logged in as spider packs in the same party as me and Arkham Daryl, the, the account he was using. So when he left Arkham Daryl, he was still logged in as Spider Pack. So it clicked over from being in that party as one the profile he was at to the old one. So he didn't know he, he I couldn't still hear him. I know that's a lot of explaining, but it gets you to where we're at. So he's sitting there and he's like, "I want to play Fortnite with you and Ariana. I want to play Fortnite with you and Ariana." And Ariana had said no because Paxton's super annoying. He does the stuff that get on everybody's nerves. And he's like, why do you still like me? Ariana, do you still like me? Why don't you like me? (laughs) It was like five or six minutes of him just begging this girl to like him. And that's my seven-year-old. So I don't know what's going on. Hormones are raging. Everybody all of a sudden has boyfriends and girlfriends now. And it's just, uh, it's getting wild over here in our house. You've got your hands full, sir. (laughs) Yeah. Now we're having to talk about love and how babies are born. 
It's crazy. But you haven't had to talk with them yet about how babies were born. Oh yeah, a couple times. I mean, but the thing is, is like now we're having to have a conversation about like, you know, they're at that age and the accessibility is so high. Now we're having to be like, hey, by the way, if people start sending you like things that are inappropriate with nudity and the like, we need to know, you know. And it's like the the conversations went from how babies are born to what they're what these actions are actually called now. So it's just things are moving too fast. I wanted my kids to be young and innocent forever and not date till they're in their thirties. But apparently that's not the way the world works. At what age were you no longer innocent? Oh, dude, I say I was ruined <laughs> at a very young age. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I didn't see that. Then that's kind of my why. That's kind of like my why, you know, like I was ruined at such a young age. I want my kids to be able to be kids for as long as possible. You know, um, my story is all kinds of effed up. So I don't, I don't want that for them, you know, but I mean, I, I understand that the, the way the world moves and the way that I move are different. So we're just having to try to tackle things head on. And I just don't want as a parent, I don't want, and I know it'll happen. I'm not dumb, but I don't want my kids to feel like they need to hide things from me. So I don't come at things at this angle of thou shalt not ever do anything, you know, it's just, hey, I would encourage you not to do this. Here's why. Here's the dangers of X, Y and Z. But understand these things exist and you can talk to me. So I don't know. Uh, we're, you know, I'm, we're getting with that, you know, hormonal puberty age with him and my daughter. So God only knows what kind of crazy is coming our way. I had a friend, uh, she was pregnant, and we were talking about girl versus boys. And I was like, oh, do you prefer a girl or a boy? She said a boy. Because in a, when you have a boy, you only have to worry about one penis. When you have a girl, you have to worry about all the rest. Lord help us. <laughs> <laughs> that is horrifying. <laughs> We were always always heard the phrase uh girls bring problems home, uh, boys take them to other people's houses. <laughs> and I'm just like, "Oh god, please no." <laughs> like, so, all right. <laughs> Lord. All right, what's next on this train ride? Uh well, I mean, technically I interrupted our um our uh backlog beatdown. So you might want to refresh and see where Sadic falls on the list. Sorry. Uh, sorry. uh, which is funny is the longer we talk, the more questions are actually coming in for the show. <laughs> so. Static is at 18. There we go. Look at there. See, I'm glad I put his points in. So, so he's higher yeah. than me. Dang, you got to step up your game. I know. And then pretty much everybody else kind of fell off. So, oh, the All rest right. of the, the rest of the people aren't even worth like, no. Jim's only got Bang. five. Dang, she said y'all ain't even worth reading. Ooh. So. All good. All good. Yeah, I mean, if you ain't moved at this point, you probably ain't gonna move. So, Spider Packs is waiting on me to play games with him. But yet, he doesn't want to play anything. See, Spider Packs got his own group of friends. B-Wow wants to play games together, but we were traveling, and then I've been sick, and we just, uh, we're, we're falling behind. B-Wow's gonna get some more points, though. 
And unfortunately, you know, Zach's wife, she's been sick, so she hadn't been getting points. So, Dino, Dino Hunter, is that her name? Dino Killer. Dino, Dino Killer. Yeah, there you go. So, all right, well, then let's head over to community questions. Community questions keep piling in as we've been doing the show, so that's been pretty cool. It started off a little thin, but I asked you guys a question this week. So, every so often, the Loot Bros podcast, we like to change it up and ask you guys a question, give you something to ponder something to, to go back and forth with us on and the question i asked you guys this week are what are some of your favorite or standout one-liners from a video game the reason why i asked this question is because as i was playing final fantasy 7 remake i was thinking about how awful the dialogue is and how bad the dialogue is and how like it's just terrible also i was thinking about playing some resident evil and you know barry has all the best one-liners so um, Mark Duplex writes in and he says uh, his one of his favorite lines, and this is one that I would have shared, one of my favorites, is uh, from old Duke Nukem. It's time to kick A and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. It's one of the first lines in um, in the Duke Nukem 64, Duke Nukem 3D, and it is so good. Duke, Duke Nukem, pretty much every line he says is gold. So. so I heard that line before I ever heard Rowdy Roddy Piper's They Live line. There you go. So yeah, I think I think Duke Nukem was I probably heard that. I think I might have heard that before I even started watching wrestling. Or I don't remember. Duke Nukem, I, my mom had a PC and we had Duke Nukem on the PC. And someone had installed it on there for her. And I remember, I can't, I, mean, I can't remember what family member, or, or maybe I just saw it happen. I'm not sure, but it was the, you could go to the strip club and you could hit space bar and give them cash and they'd show their boobs with a little booby tassels on them. I think on the PC version, it actually showed nipple. I think it was the Nintendo no. 64 version. It has the, no, it was, tassels. it was all censored. Was Trust it always me. censored? I, tr- so I tried. Wasn't. <laughs> so it was the tassels. It was always the tassels to my disappointment. Well, I just remember that. And I was like, oh my gosh, boobies in a video game. I never, I didn't know that was possible. So, yeah. And then, of course, the opening line, it was like, those alien scum are going to pay for shooting up my ride. So It's awesome. Gareth writes in and said, I want to keep it simple. He said, I can't think of too many without researching, but Get Over Here by Scorpion from the Mortal Kombat is a pretty iconic one-liner. I have to agree. Epic. Matt, you shared one with us. Do you remember off the top of your head? Yeah. So Portal and Portal 2 had some of the best one-liners ever. And the one that stuck out to me was when Gladys said to Shell, this is the results of this test. You're a horrible person. I'm not joking. That's what it says. I didn't even know we were testing for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty the, awesome. The other one I like is when Gladys gets put in a potato and she asks Shell, how are you? Because I am a potato. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, I love, I actually thought about, cause I've got, um, on one of my external hard drives somewhere, I've got like, Tons and tons and tons of actual dialogue from the Resident Evil games. And of course, the Jill sandwich is legendary. You know, the uh, 
Like I have this, the Barry with his with his Cole Python Magnum. Um, it's pretty funny because there are some attempts in the latest, or excuse, well, I say latest Resident Evil, but it's not latest anymore. Uh, in Welcome to Raccoon City, where they try to take some of the uh, Master of Unlocking one lines or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, I've got some some samples. I think I might splice into the show and post depending on how, you know, how much of a covid fog I'm in when I edit. But yeah, it's, it's just it's awesome. <laughs> just some of the some of the terrible dialogue in those early Resident Evil uh, games. So good. Andrew Hutto writes in and he says in one of the Assassin's Creed games, someone says, "It's a me, Mario." I think it was uh Ezio's relative named Mario. Anyway, now, I still say that all the time to this day. So, it's pretty dope. I think that uh, Squ- uh, not, not Square, Ubisoft does a really cool job of incorporating Easter eggs from other game franchises. So, that is, uh, that, that is one of those. There's, um, I know they do that with each their own games their, uh, as well. And I know it's not a Ubisoft game, but... Um, Whatchamacallit, the first Dying Light game has a ton of Easter of Ubisoft Easter eggs actually in their game. None of them are great one-liners, but it's pretty it's pretty dope. Um Redbeard Rick writes in, he says, uh playing Uncharted 2 uh, at the minute, and the one that always gets a chuckle is when you're breaking into the museum and Flynn says over the radio, there's a guy above you. There's a guy above you. Uh, then once you pull him over the ledge and he falls to his death, Flynn comes back and says, there's a guy below you. There's a guy below you. So that's pretty clever. So one of the one-liners I was going to bring up is also from Uncharted. It's when in Uncharted 3, I believe, when Nate and Chloe are having to go up and down uh, one of the ladders, he looks up at her butt and he says, man, it's a shame you got to sit on that thing. <laughs> What's also funny is in one of the Uncharted games, he says that to Sully as well. <laughs> I think it's after he says it to Chloe later on. He says, do you, I, I can't remember now, but do you encounter Chloe in the first uh, Uncharted game? I know you I have played the first one. I know you have Elena. It might be the, this is in the first or second one. Anyways, I think, is it the first one? It, the second one definitely had Chloe, but I was uh, since I never played the first one, I was confused as to who she was and why she was so upset with Drake. Yeah, so maybe you you he says it to her first. He says it's a shame you have to sit on that thing first, but then later on he says it to Sully in one of the other games, and I remember laughing like, "Oh my gosh, he said that to Chloe," and then Sully has some little quip back to him. That's really really good. Um, Rick also writes in and says, one or two well-voiced video game villains that stand out to us. One that really stands out to him is Jacob Danik, voiced by Simon Tel- Templeman excuse me, in Dead Space 3. He says, you can't beat a posh English-voiced villain, in my honest opinion. So you guys got any, uh, any one or two you know, like well-voiced acted villains that stand out to you in any video games? I have my answers, Kali. Oh, God, you go first. I can't think of anything. Uh, The obvious handsome Jack from Borderlands 2. I think he's on everybody's top villain ever, mostly because of voice acting. That's true. 
I can't even right. can't even argue with that. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, the guy that does the uh, DC Douglas, the guy who's the voice actor for Albert Wesker, especially in Resident Evil Five, is legendary. That's just you know bringing it full circle here with the with the real um, Albert Wesker, dude. That junk. He's such, his voice acting in there. So it's that great mix of serious business professional and sinister. So Resident Evil 5 is one of my favorite games of all time. And my son and I are almost finished with it, actually. We've been playing it together. Um, pre-vacation, pre-COVID, we were playing it together. So. And then, of course, I have to add Gladys to that, just because how awesome of a job she does, Ellen McLean does. Kid Rock just drank a beer and then sloppy tongue kissed some chick uh, at, at SummerSlam. <laughs> it's so disgusting. Is the chick okay? Because uh, she looks like um, what's the what's that reality TV show? Something Mama, Big Mama, or whatever. She looks like her. <laughs> it's gross. Ugh. Either way, yeah. So DC Douglas, he's a great um, villain. Um, who's the guy from uh, U- Ubisoft game Far Cry Three? Voss. That guy was a good. Oh, uh, Voss Montenegro. Yeah. Is the character's name? Oh God, now I can't remember. Because both he and uh, Giancarlo Esposito are Breaking Bad and Better Call yeah. Saul. They seem to have a good countenance with getting Breaking Bad villains. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's another. That's another good one. I, I, I think honestly, it, your bad guy should always be the best voice acted person in the game. Yeah, you know, because like. You could have a silent protagonist. You can have a protagonist that doesn't say much. You can have a protagonist that doesn't say things that are great. But the antagonist is driving the the narrative in the sense that like all the tension and the uh, the the potential conflict has got to be resolved, and that exists because of the antagonist. So I think that usually the bad guy is the most important. Taking it back to wrestling, I think that with wrestling, you know, the heel, the bad guy is the most important one in my opinion. I always root for the heels. My favorites are always the bad guys. You know, I think that, um, that that's definitely uh, super, super important in, in your games as well. So when back in college, when I was watching wrestling and Stone Cold had his big heel turn. Yep. And I was loving every second of it. And my girlfriend at the time said something that it was like i forgot what sparked it but ended up with her saying the tagline oh what i'm the bad guy hate me and i go you know what i'm making that into a hat and i went (laughs) to one of those mall kiosks and i had them make i'm a bad i'm the bad guy hate me baseball cap and i wore that around unironically uh, as sad as it was it's amazing so you remember uh when razor ramon say hello to the bad guy like That was just the thing is, is you love the the bad guys. Like it's you hate them because they're doing bad guy stuff. I mean, like, look at Ric Flair. He was the best when he was bad. <laughs> you know, it's like, like you just love it. So, yeah, I think you're I think you're um, your bad guy should always be the best voice acted character in the game. And like, uh, look at um, the Joker. You know, Mark Hamill. <laughs> he's, he's the Joker's terrible. But I mean, everybody loves the Joker. So, absolutely. 
Um, I'm still on your bro, right? Sandy says, with the house flipper devs calling the Game Pass team, quote, the best of the best, end quote, and Power Wash Simulator having a more successful launch than the critically acclaimed Hades, it uh, is it not undeniable Game Pass is a great thing for these smaller devs. What do you guys think? You think that because Power Wash Simulator got some positive buzz from their developers that Game Pass is unanimously great? Or was it just great for them? I think that Game Pass is great for indie developers. And I hope the PlayStation does the same thing. Like I have found a lot of games through Game Pass that that I just amazingly love and will buy on other systems. Yeah, I agree with that. Look at Stray right now, that cat game um, that got released on PlayStation. It's been all over every news outlet. This game is doing gangbusters. It's getting downloaded and played. So it's crazy. I think that I think that both streaming services having a foundation of of great games and great content to access for a, a very reliable or yeah, reliable, uh, very uh, easy, you know, a, pro- a good price. Um, affordable is the word I was looking for. COVID. Um, I think that that really does prop up a good platform for the, for like a standout, you know, like Power Wash Simulator coming out in a time where really there's nothing else remarkable on Game Pass this month or last month. I don't think any big titles dropped that were like day and date and definitely no first party. So you do have a, a very large amount of, of good content there. So people are there and it's like, oh, what am I going to play? Pfft, Power Watch Simulator came out. Let me try it out. Oh, wow. That was really good for me. Yeah. I think that in, I think it's perfect for stuff like that. Um, jumping over to PlayStation Plus, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you got this huge back catalog of great games and then you have this, oh, here's this indie game that we're able to kind of put out there and go, hey, this is the, uh, this is the, the, the premium thing to check out right now. And it gets a lot of attention. So I do think I agree. I think it's great for indies. I think it's great for uh, indie de- indie devs. I think it's great for these little games. And um, I love to see stuff like that stand out because realistically, if you threw those things on the PlayStation store and buried it with everything else that's out there, you, you probably wouldn't have noticed, you know, power wash simulator. So, yeah, I agree. I think that uh, Game Pass and PS Plus, I think that is great for stuff like that. So, I mean, take what you said or in the Discord where you you said that these types of subscription services kill game, kill game sales. And that is true for a good amount, but the great games will still shine through, like Shredder's Revenge, which recently talked about making a million dollars in sales. Which, yeah, could it have made more if Game Pass wasn't involved, probably, but also maybe Game Pass being involved helped them financially, whereas they normally wouldn't be able to put it out on as many platforms or do what they wanted to do with the game. So, you know, Nintendo Switch having the success that it did for indies, but those were all sales and and whatnot, no subscription there. Yeah, I think there's a place for both, but definitely there was a a boon to people having access to these games and developers they normally wouldn't ever ever give a chance because it would have cost money yeah i definitely uh 
I definitely see the benefits of these subscription services. I know I usually come in kind of hard on them uh, for conversation's sake, um, but I, I definitely see where they are super beneficial. And in cases like this, they're 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 really really good for the little guy. Um, I, I do think that day and date's bad, and I would argue that Shredder's Revenge was going to be a gangbuster regardless. I think that Shredder's Revenge probably suffers from being on Game Pass. Sure, we don't know the back end, so maybe they did need that money to help get across the finish line when they did, but that game is is good. The word of mouth behind that game is good. That game was going to sell a ton on its own merit. Um, but I'm sure that, you know, being, being available on game pass as all the buzz came out, definitely put that player count way, way up in the sky. So as long as, as long as cool stuff's still coming out and people are still making money and everything is still good, let's, let's rock and roll. I'm all for it. So, and if power wash simulator gets to have a power wash simulator too, because of game pass, then who am I to criticize, <laughs> you know? So I think that is freaking awesome same thing with this game stray over here on playstation plus this game is it's good it's a quality game i played a little bit of it the week it came out and uh i don't care anything for cats i hate cats um but i'll play a cat game with my daughter you know and we'll enjoy that together and the game looks amazing so she just thought it was so cool so once i'm out of quarantine monday then uh we'll be picking back up with stray so all right, Diego writes in. He says that Max Payne three was his quote that he wanted to uh, to submit, and he says uh, he writes. They put the quote in here. It says, "Time to see what's waiting outside for us." Well, it ain't going to be a warm cup of milk and a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> Max Payne three is such a good freaking game. I am dying for a remaster. So I uh, I actually I, I'm going to definitely. Definitely going to play it on Xbox. I got the Xbox 360 version of it. Um, definitely going to play that one and, and get those achievements. I'm not going to go for the 100%. They sh- shut the servers down and stuff. But that's another game that I'll have to play through this year. Um, I've got that. Just kind of got my eyes on it. I really, really love that game. That one, that was definitely the standout of last year. The game that I put in just randomly because I've been putting it off for so long that I just couldn't believe I, I waited. So, um, he also says that Red Dead Redemption Two. I got a plan. You guys play Red Dead Redemption Two? Yep. Yeah that that was that was Dutch Vanderlyn's famous line. Anytime anybody questioned him, and it was, "I have a plan. I just need money." That was basically it throughout the whole game. What's funny is Joe and I were supposed to be doing the Red Dead Diaries or Red Dead whatever we were going to do throughout the year and we're eight months into the year neither one of us <laughs> i haven't even opened the game yet <laughs> it, it is it is out. a phenomenal game well one of these days i will definitely play it so i, I now I, I i keep saying i'm gonna play games but you know what once i'm done with this pledge then i'm gonna play another big game and be buried with it for a little while all right, so Diego also asks us a question. He says, if you could meet your favorite voice actor or actress from any video game, who would it be? You guys have a favorite voice actor or actress? Not really. I'm not into voice acting on the video games. Like, it doesn't I don't be like, oh, my God, I can't believe this person's voicing them. Really? Yeah. 
I mean, I think it would be cool to meet somebody like John St. John or Ellen McLean, but it w- it's not like, oh my God, I have to go see that person. I don't think of, I don't think of any celebrity like, oh, I got to meet them. But I really, really, really like, there are certain voice actors and voice actresses that I want in my games. And there's some that I, when they change them, I get really, really aggravated. So Roger Craig Smith was the voice actor for Chris Redfield for a couple games. And he is in my head. That's my Chris Redfield. The same way that Ben Affleck is my Batman in the same way that uh, Mark Hamill is my Joker. You know what I'm saying? Like though, when I think of those characters, that's the, that's the voice that I hear. And man, when he wasn't Chris Redfield in these latter games, that was a little disappointing. The guy that they got just a little dry and a little, you know, which I know Roger Craig Smith does more like, like animated films. He does like, he does Batman and a few things. And, um, you know, that's kind of hit more his shtick, but dang, replacing him sucked. Also, um, and dude, man, this COVID fog is killing me. But uh, the original uh, Claire Redfield actress, she, she was the voice of um, Jubilee in the X-Men 90s cartoon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I am drawing a blank. I'm telling you, this is killing me. It's going to pop up in my head any minute now. Anyways, she was great. She was freaking awesome. But then when they replaced her, now they've replaced her voice actors, I think, more than once. So, either way. But if I can meet any one of those, I would definitely want to meet um, Roger Craig Smith. And I would definitely want to meet um, Mark Hamill. Even... I just want to hear him do the the Joker voice live. Like I would love, I love to hear that. That would be. Well, what's interesting to me is that you talk about Mark Hamill meeting him as the voice actor, not as Luke Skywalker yeah. or yeah, he, I guess on all that <laughs> whatever he did as in the Giver. But yeah, it, yeah. okay. So I would be like, hey, can you do the Giver voice and then the Joker, and then I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> So Allison Court was her name, by the way. I actually had to look it up because my brain doesn't work. Allison Court, she was the voice uh, of Jubilee, and she was Claire Redfield in the first couple games. So I oh, remember actually. A- go ahead. Sorry, now that I think of it, I did meet uh, John DiMaggio, who does Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War oh, and uh, Bender. Yeah, that was fun. I'd be like, raise your hell. My tomatoes. My tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then uh, I, I would like to meet the guy that does Duke Nukem's voice. So, I would too. What would be really cool is if we could get those people to do this is such and such, and you're listening to the Loot Bros podcast, those little bumpers or whatever. I wonder if they're if if John St. John is on. Uh, what the heck is that service? You pay like money Cameo and they just say whatever? something. Yes. Yeah, would be surprised be cool. if he's on it. That'd be cool. We should get Patrick Hickey Jr. to do something cool for us for it. So. Oh, yeah. This is Patrick Hickey Jr. You're listening to Luke Bros Podcast. All right. Where, is Where are we at? Also, Diego writes in with a super serious question, guys. So hang on to your butts. Uh, what is the normal way to wipe your butt after a dump? Up or down? Uh, 
<laughs> He's regretting coming on our show now. <laughs> <laughs> Up or down? Anybody who wipes down <laughs> is missing a couple brain cells. <laughs> So you got to do what they did in uh, Demolition Man. You get the three seashells. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so from Deadpool 2, where Matt Damon and uh, Alan Tudyk were talking, first use the toilet paper, then use the baby wipes. Then you come back with the toilet paper, wipe up some of that moisture. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. So somewhere down in the line in Discord, people had explored the idea of going left to right, and I've never tried that before. So I can't say whether or not left or right is correct. What I can say is is uh, wiping up is the correct way. Wiping down is a very interesting way to live your life. <laughs> <laughs> but the number one way of doing things is the three seashells. I can't even. I can't even imagine. I, I can't even figure. I don't know. I like literally can't think of how I wipe my butt because I just do it. <laughs> Have you ever tried to wipe your butt in the dark? Yeah, it's I mean, almost like it's hard to do, even though you're not looking at it when you're doing it. It, but if, but if the lights are off, then it's like, oh wow, this is this is difficult now. No, no, I don't. I don't have that problem. I feel like muscle memory serves me well in that situation. <laughs> right. And and I have a <laughs> I have a bidet. So it really I does doesn't matter which way I wipe because I'm already clean. I can't um I can't uh bring myself to you know, putting a super soaker in my bum hole, so why it's fantastic. <laughs> Does not uh, I'm not interested in, in squirt gun to the bee hole. You're missing out, my friend. You're missing out. Yeah, we've we've had the conversation to bidet or not to bidet, but no, we're we're still not we're on the no train. <laughs> uh, I'm watching Ronda Rousey beat the crap out of freaking Liv Morgan and a referee, so life is good. All right, Sadik writes in and he says, "I was wondering how the group feels about collecting digital games. I used to collect physical games, but I've had portions of my collection stolen. Dude, that freaking sucks." I ended up selling the rest to pay for bills. Steam got me into collecting digitally. I have 4,000 plus games on Steam and 800 plus Xbox games. I know that my digital collection could disappear one day, but I still enjoy getting that number higher. I want to get back into collecting physical games one day when my living situation is more appropriate for it. Thanks, guys. May you all be well. I'm going to start this one off and I'll let you guys jump in afterwards. Um, I love seeing that number go up, whether it's digital or physical. I, I buy a lot of games. Now this past month, I started selling off some of my collection. I know one day I'll probably sit back and go, why'd you do that again? Because what happens is I'll buy and buy and buy and buy. I'll eventually fill up all the space that I have and then I'll downsize. And then right now, since I am, uh, in this weird transition of no longer having like steady income. Now I'm working on commission. So like I got a paycheck, not this past pay period, but the pay period before. And then I didn't get a paycheck. Now I've got paychecks coming in the rest of next month. I was like, you know what? Now's a really good time to explore downsizing my collection. So I ended up selling like, what I say? 250 games. Um, a couple weeks ago. Um, 
So I love collecting. I love seeing that number go up on PlayStation and Xbox. I've got a few hundred Xbox games. I've got a few thousand PlayStation games. Um, I only have like 40-something Steam games, but I'm not big into the PC ecosystem. I'm sure you guys have tons, but yeah. I don't know what it is, man. Like I bought three games yesterday. Like I haven't bought a game. I don't think I bought a game this month up until yesterday, <laughs> but it's like, I freaking, I just, I'm addicted to bringing that number up. I just, I have to do it as well. So, um, what about you, Matt? Where are you at on your steam library? Oh, uh, where am I in my steam library? Uh, more than, more than four, uh, 437. There you go. That's good. So don't ask how many I've actually completed, but, then again, I don't believe in backlogs, right, Kali? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I like a mix of both, but like everybody else, I am concerned about the idea of where does that leave us on ownership? And if a server goes offline, well, what do you do then? It's it's a delicate balance, but. For instance, when I went to buy Ghost of Tsushima, I also don't believe in pre-ordering many things. I didn't pre-order Ghost of Tsushima, and when I walked into GameStop, oops, sorry, we don't have any. If you didn't pre-order, I go, all right. So I just went home and I bought it digitally. Yep. It's a fantastic game, and I want to be able to play it forever. But once I come to grips with the idea that even one day my consoles will stop working and I can't fix them, digital is just fine for me. And it reduces shelf space, which I need. So I do physical when I can, but I'm not. I, I, I'll i do digital just as easily. Thank you. What about you, Kalai? I love digital. I just don't have the room to keep like physicals in stock. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't. I've been collecting uh, some like uh, some stuff. Uh, the Ev- the Evercade, and even that, I'm running out of space. Now I have 559 games in my Steam library currently. So, I dig it. I dig it. So, I told myself, well, I've been having this conversation, I guess, with myself, where it's like, um, could would I be satisfied if I only went digital from this point on you know and like i've been trying to kind of have that conversation of like there's enough on game pass and playstation plus to where i would technically don't ever need to buy another game i would never finish what's out there now i would never finish what i already own and then i was thinking and i was telling my brother this yesterday or day before i said you know resident evil playstation portable playstation vita i was like realistically those are the three things that i collect that i care the most about so i thought about like maybe what if i downsized everything just sold off you know everything you know and then just kept like the things that were super important to me so like for my xbox 360 collection i sold 200 and something games i probably kept 50 you know i sold a bunch i sold like almost all my Wii games, except for the Resident Evil stuff. I sold my Wii U. I sold my Wii. I sold, I sold a ton of stuff the other day. I sold all kinds of stuff. I was just, I was just kind of like, what do I not, what am I realistically never going to plug back up and play? 
and then kind of went from there. And I like I know PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Sixty, Xbox One, PS Four, PS Five. Those are, that's really where like from the trophy achievement system up is really where I kind of like I stay. So but things before that, I just was like, I don't know, man. I don't know that I need it anymore. I kept my Dreamcast. I kept my PS One to. I kept my um, uh, 64, things like that. I don't know. I've been kicking around the idea of going mostly digital or at least mostly digital in the sense that like buying games on sale and using the subscription services to their fullest, you know, but then, then like yesterday I was like, Oh wow. Hey, look at these games. I'm going to buy them. <laughs> Some of them I already own physical. I just bought them. I'm, I don't know. I hadn't quite figured out where my head's at, but I've been thinking about it because like, I just filled up like, uh, uh, and I see, I can also collect comic books. So like I'm in this weird position of I'm filling up all these shelves with games, all these shelves with movies and Blu-rays, and then all these shelves with boxes and boxes of comic books. So I needed to make a decision, which one, do, which, which one? Cause I, I can't collect them all because even with a giant basement, like realistically space is limited. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing in my life. Uh, you're, you're living it to the best you can. Um, I, I liken it to things, you know, at this point in my stage, stage of my life, I'm collecting, you know, I may not play the games I buy anymore. It, one of the coolest things I have is Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, and 10, as well as, what was the next one, 12 and 13. And then 15. So I just don't have the the uh, multiplayer ones boxed. But I have the other ones physically. I'm never going to plop those games into a system and play them again. If I want to play the PS1 games, I have my PS Classic with them loaded. It's, it's nice things that I like having on the shelf now. But, you know, like I said, the shelf space is just at a premium now. So I'll go digital where I can. And, and Kalai and I have been dealing with that on PC for years because you can only go digital now. Yeah. They stopped giving you discs years ago. It's, hey, here's the download code. So I hope those servers are online forever. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, as much of games as we buy, how many times are you going to go back to something? That's why I don't mind doing digital. You know, you always talk about, well, what if, you know, 20 years from now, they take the server down? 20 years ago there's gonna be a new game out that i'm so busy gonna play that the older stuff is like oh i don't really want to worry play it well it's also nice because from a from the aspect of if i really want to i could download everything onto a backup hard drive and keep that around like you got daryl you talked about max Payne 3 earlier yeah and i pulled up my steam library oh there it is yeah i did have that loaded and bought it one time so now i could just go and re-download it and play it whenever i want Yep, yep, yep. And see, there's some stuff like, like, I love the shelves. You know, I love having the stuff on the shelf. I love having access to it. And, you know, the, the that I had that conversation, like what Clyde just said is like, you know, how often am I going to play it? But you know what happens? One day I wake up and I go, oh man, I do want to play this now. And then when I don't have the disc or I don't have a copy, I don't have access to it, I'm like, mother effort. Then I obsess over it. Then in my head, it's like, I can't play anything else until I get this game in my possession. So I have that problem. Speaking of problems, Dr. Deuce writes in, he says, we all know about Gwyneth Paltrow's famous company goop. 
She is responsible for infamous candle scents, such as, quote, this smells like my vagina, end quote. Though I don't believe that Herd left a turd in Johnny's bed, she needs to pay Johnny. <laughs> she needs to pay Johnny and has to give him a lot of money. Do you still think Herd will never get an acting job again due to the alleged turd? Uh, it would be smart to capitalize on the occasion of her butt stuff. Someday we might be able to live in a world where companies like Goop and Poop come together to deliver a, <laughs> a candle scent based on false accusation so that Amber Heard can pay her bills without about that untrue turd. Hashtag, what if the turd was not from Heard? <laughs> Folks, is this what you come to your podcast for? <laughs> <laughs> So as I'm reading it, as I'm reading it, I see goop and poop beside <laughs> each other. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. He waited on, he sat on this one. He nursed this one for a while because he didn't have anything in the community questions. It wasn't until I went to add Sadik, his stuff to the thing that I saw this pop up. So, Oh, he <laughs> sat on it. All right. Yeah, he did. He, he's an old turd nurser. Oh my gosh. So yes, yes. I think Goop and Poop should do a collaborative scented candle line. And we need memes, pictures of T-Bird with that candle as well to go with the old one. (laughs) All right, guys. As promised, this week's official topic, we are unveiling the latest of our community events. This one we've been kind of nursing, kind of like that old Dr. Deuce rhyme over there. We've been nursing on this one for a while. We've been talking about doing some sort of gaming book club style thing for since back in the Frosty and Tanner days, actually. And I've been trying to figure out the best way of doing things. So currently we do a year long event, the Backlog Beatdown. All right. We also have our leaderboards. Um, We have our Patreon opportunities where you can pledge to make a host of your choice play games. So I'm trying to think about, well, how do we do something that's like, you know, there's really no entry cost, but also is accessible to everybody. Now, something I pitched back in the old Remember the Loot days when we first launched our first version of this podcast was that we do the PlayStation Plus games. This was even pre-Games with Gold, actually. PlayStation Plus was a thing first. Maybe when we did the podcast, Games with Gold existed. I don't remember, but. I like the idea of saying, hey, everyone who listens to the show who has this subscription service, what if we voted on a game as a community, played said game, and then reviewed said game, and then let that episode, the community questions, be focused you know, on that experience with the game? And instead of everybody writing in questions necessarily, they could write in their, you know, maybe bullet point review or you know bring up some things some topics they want to talk about so i mean kind of sitting on it for a while our old cast would have just wouldn't have participated i mean like you know they just would have never worked our new cast however will at least give it the old college try so what i wanted to do was i wanted to lay out kind of what we've discussed in the group kind of see what you know kali matt what y'all's opinions are And then we have compiled a list of what the games we're going to do first. We're going to do a random number generator to pick out of this list. All right. You guys good? 
Yes. Let's roll. Here we go. So the idea will be this. We are going to post a list of games in the Loot Bros Patreon. So if you are a patron, you will have voting power on this list. Now, I will put the list each and every month on Patreon free. I mean, uh, so that everyone can see it. I can post things that the community can see. I can post things that only the patrons can see. Um, now, I'm not going to put this in the Facebook group. I'm not going to put this in the Discord. I'm going to put this solely on the Patreon. All right. So, A, I mean, yeah, you do have to go there to see it. But, B, that way it's already there and the patrons can vote on it. And maybe every now and again, I might copy and paste it to the other places just so you see the list of games that we've kind of compiled out there. And from time to time, I'm going to let the patrons suggest maybe one or the two of the options and then we'll do you know we'll let the patrons vote on it so um that being said the way we're going to navigate the time frame that we're going to play these games with the community is going to be based on the amount of hours so if the game selected you know and i'm not i'm going to say each month probably accidentally but it, this might take longer than a month okay i want to make sure everyone has time to play okay not everyone can play a hundred hour game a month you know, I can't do that. So I don't expect the community to do it. I don't expect the other co-hosts to do that either. So if a game is 10 hours or less, then we'll set a four-week time period once the game is selected. So for example, my name is Mayo 3. That's less than 10 hours. If that is the game that we uh, you know, that gets voted on, then the community has the opportunity to play the game. Now, once the game's selected, I will announce that on the shows and I'll announce that in the community, in the Discord and in the Facebook group. So once the game is selected, we're going to say, hey, this is the game we're playing. This is the date, this particular show, four weeks from now, we will be doing the you know community review and then all of the focus on that episode will be the community's thoughts and interactions with said game. So if there's games out there that are kind of on your backlog or games you've been thinking about playing, but you never get around to, this is a really good way to push that to the forefront so the whole community is playing at the same time. Now, if the game is up to 20 hours, then we will say two months, 30 hours, three months, 40 hours, so forth and so on, or as much time as needed. Now, I don't see a world where we vote on a hundred hour game and that, that makes it through. God, I hope not. Um, but let's say, let's say the case that there is some monster game, but we all knock it out in way less time than we thought we would knock it out. Then we would just announce say, Hey, you know what? This game that we gave ourselves two months to beat. Well, we got everyone beat it in four weeks. So we're going to set the date and do the review on this time. So I would love to do a game a month so that each month the community is participating in a game that we're all playing together. And if it takes five weeks, six weeks, you know, two months, whatever, that's fine. I don't want to draw things out so far that people don't actually play them or don't follow through with it. Does that make sense, guys? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Now, where are we going to be getting these said games from, you might ask? Okay, well, what we want to do is we want to make this as accessible as possible, okay? Almost everyone who listens to this show and or is on this show has either PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Plus Premium, Game Pass, or Game Pass Ultimate, right? Or some obscenely large um, collection of games anyways. 
So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be picking these games from those lists. So we're not taking brand new games that just came out. So December, when Callisto Protocol comes out, do I want to play that? Absolutely. Will that be you know eligible for the community game club? No. Okay. What is eligible is if it's on Game Pass, if it's on PlayStation Plus, if it's a games with gold, if it's ever been any one of those things. Is it a epic free game? You know, we want to be as accessible as possible with this so that anyone who listens to the show doesn't have to go spend a ton of money just to participate. Does that make sense? Yep. Matt, you good with that? Absolutely. All right. Now, those of you guys with really big game collections like myself, you know, it might not be on PlayStation Plus or it might, excuse me, it might be on PlayStation Plus. It might be on, you know, um, Game Pass. But maybe I don't have Game Pass right now because I, I don't. I actually turned that off, you know, not too long ago. But the game that is selected, I own anyways. Cool. I'll play. If I want to play along, I'll just subscribe for Game Pass and you know, or PlayStation Plus. And that's kind of how we want to navigate this. We want to make it to where if you, the community listener, say, oh, dang, they picked um, Death Stranding. Okay. Well, you know what? I don't, I got a PlayStation, but I don't own Death Stranding. I want to play this too. I mean, you know, you can go subscribe to PlayStation Plus Premium for a month and for 15 bucks, you're in, you know, uh, or you can go buy the game if you want to do that. We just want to make it easy and accessible. Um, let's say we pick a, 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 a Halo, you know, we, play, we pick the first Halo game. Most of you guys that interact with us, um, you know, let's say you're, well, I say most, it's, it seems pretty even these days, Xbox, PlayStation, PC, whatever. So let's say you're a PlayStation guy and you don't have, access to halo but you got a pc well you can get a jump on game pass and you can play it on there if you want to you know some some months it will be one console or the other uh i would hope that we would you know land uh, most of our months on multi-platform style games but i don't want to limit it too much to where it's not fun okay that being said, what we did before the show started is we all submitted a handful of games that are on these services. Okay. Some of these games in here are um, ex- platform exclusive, but that's not very many. Okay. We picked 12 total games that we submitted before the show. And what we're going to do is we're going to use a random number generator to decide what game. Did you see that now, I added some? Did you see I added? I did. Okay, you did. Okay, I did. I did. Actually, it's funny because you added a game that was already on the list, but that's okay. Well, I left I, it on there. I also didn't quite understand the assignment because when when we when you picked this topic, it was like two hours before the show, and I had friends over, so like I was cooking and cleaning, so I only kind of half looked at it. So I'm very sorry. Oh no, all good. It doesn't. It's all good. It's, it's, it's not so originally we were going to do something else, but this was kind of something that I've been chewing on for a while and I it just clicked. I was like, oh man, I got a great idea. Here's what we're going to do. And that's why I pitched it to everybody first so that if you had any kind of concerns beforehand, but I mean, it seems pretty simple, you know, pick a game, play a game. Do you have to do it? No. Does the community have to do it? No. Um, something else is let's say we pick a game and, you know, three of the hosts have played half the game but you know one of the hosts has already beat the game well when the time comes and we do and and it's like oh well it's time to do the review well not everybody finished it well that's okay not everybody in the community is going to finish it but what we can do is we can have a conversation at least about our time with the game 
even if we didn't like it, you know, let's say we pick a game, we pick Halo, right? And, you know, like three out of us have played it and beat it. And then Joe was like, well, I don't have access to Game Pass and I didn't want to play it on PC. So, okay, cool. You know what? You don't have to play it. It's all good, you know. But if we do have that conversation, you know, you have the opportunity to participate or you don't. Now, you know, surely Joe can ask and ha- be a part of conversation with games that he doesn't necessarily have or haven't played, just like I can, just like you can, Clyde, just like you can, Matt. So, and if something happens and you don't like the game that was chosen, you played a few minutes, like, oh, it didn't work, it didn't really click for me. When we do that episode, hey, guess what you're bringing to the table? You're bringing your, your, your experience and you're saying, you know what? I didn't really like that game. Here's why. And so it'll be a good conversation either way. So does that all sound good to you guys? Sure. Hell yeah. Here we go. So the 12 games that we selected, one of them is a duplicate. So I'm going to pull a fast one real fast. Since we got a duplicate, I'm going to delete mine. I hear me deleting. Boom. All right. I changed it. Okay. So Death Stranding, Halo 4, Hitman, the newer, one of the newer Hitman, because that was on Game Pass. Um, Buck Snacks, uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, Ghost of Tsushima, Gears of War, Dead Space, Days Gone, Guardians of the Galaxy, Death's Door, Shredder's Revenge. That's a good list of games. What do you guys think? Definitely. Awesome. All right. So those are not listed in any in particular order. I have a random number generator brought up and this will be picking one of those games. And that'll be with the first game we do for the book club or game club. Rather from now on, we will submit our list on Patreon and then the patrons will decide our fate. Okay, whatever gets the most votes. But just for the first one, we're doing the random number generator. Everybody good with that? Yep. All right, here we go. Uh, Matt, you want to give us a drum roll? Uh, drum roll. Da 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 da. That was a beautiful drum roll. All right, number eight. Let's see. What do you guys think is number eight? I don't know because I could count. Oh, that's I'd have one. to remember the list. <laughs> I'm looking. Oh, at, a- I'm looking at the show notes. Dead Space. Oh, the one game I hate it. <laughs> okay. So, well, but you've played it before though, right, Kala? For like a whole five minutes. Hey, that's five minutes worth of input you can put in on the conversation. Or you can actually play it with us, play alongside us. I, I might try it again. Well, the good thing is the good thing is it's on Game Pass. It's on Xbox 360, PS4. Just kidding, you can't, it's not on PS4. Um, you have to play that one on PS3, or you can stream it on. No, I think only Dead Space Three is on PS now, actually. So that one's definitely leaning more towards the Game Pass uh, variety, and um, you can play it on PC, but I think it runs like balls on PC, if I'm not mistaken. Well, so. the old, yeah, it, it was definitely a problem the time I tried installing it, but I'm about to go on the EA app and see if there's anything. If they've done any better with it. So, all right. Now I'm going to look up how long to beat. Says 11 hours main story, 13 hours with extras. Completionist is 20. 
Dang. So that just that brings us right above the one month. But I, I really think we could do that one in a month. What do you guys think? Maybe. I think a month is a yeah, I mean eleven hours that a game like that, especially if you really want to, you can follow a guide and get that done easily. The cool thing is it's an older game, and I think most people in the community have at least played it or heard of it. So, and that's perfect because you know you got uh, Callisto Protocol coming out in December, which is the spiritual successor to the Dead Space games, and you have the Dead Space remake coming out at the beginning of next year. So that'll be very, very timely. So here we go, guys. The first Loot Bros Game Club game that we're going to be playing with the community, all right, is Dead Space. And it works out perfect because this is the end of the month. So what we'll do is the very last podcast of August, we will have our community uh, game club discussion of Dead Space. So, um. That seems pretty good. I mean, you guys got any objection? You guys good? You guys got any questions? No, as of right now, I just I will, I will play Dead Space between playing my stupid WW2K. What's worse, WW2K <laughs> or Dead Space? WWE. <laughs> so funny. Well, the thing is, is WWE's actually it's the game itself is is good. It's great, actually. It's the dang objectives that are annoying. So the cool thing is Dead Space will be a great stream game for you, Kalai, because if you get scared on stream, people like that kind of stuff. Okay, sure. If I had time, I I would love to do that. Oh, well, I mean, it's an option. So either way, so there we go. So Dead Space will be the first one. And then what we'll do is we'll take this list and maybe we'll add a few more and then we'll put that on Patreon for the next one. So once we're done with this one, then we'll, you know, whatever the tallies or whatever the, the community votes on for the next game is that uh we'll 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 go with that next. So awesome, awesome. I think this will be pretty cool. I think it's be pretty fun. I mean, selfishly, yeah, I put Dead Space on there because I want I was gonna put Resident Evil, but I was like, ah, that that was a little on the nose. I was a little on brand. So I was like, I'll just put Dead Space on there. So we got at least one horror game. That's not on brand for you. <laughs> So I do what I can, man. I do what I can. So honestly, I was kind of selfishly hoping for Halo 4 because I've never beat that one. But uh, hey, Dead Space is great. I love Dead Space. So. All right, guys. Well, thank you, Matt, for coming in and filling in. Thank you, Kalai, for hanging out and uh, allowing me to torture you with another game. <laughs> mm. So. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you all, all of you who have subscribed, left comments, reviews, all that nature. Uh, we wish the best uh, to Zach's wife. Unfortunately, he couldn't be here because she's been sick. And sorry, Joe, about your butt. <laughs> be sure to subscribe on YouTube and check out our Patreon. With that being said, this is the Loot Bros Podcast, and we're out of here. Bye. Rock on, folks. All right, everybody. I'm back on here to introduce the song that we're going to end the show with. This week, I'm going a little old school. We're going to pull something out of one of the old Ninja Loot EPs. Uh, This song is called 50 Cars Around the Track is Just Noise. And the kind of origin behind the song is we're in a recording studio. And uh, as the songs we recorded were mixed, and in the, uh, no, I guess, pre-mastering phase, they never really got mastered. But during the mixing phase, rather, the studio, the guy recording us, you know, and the guy that owned the studio, he was like, 
I was like, hey, the guitars sound really thin. Can we beef them up? Can I layer them? Can I play the track more than once? And the idea was to make them sound thicker and heavier and more full. And he's like, look, man, he said, the way uh, sound works is like this. If you're at a racetrack and there's one car going around the track, you can hear the motor, you can hear the engine, all you can hear everything about the car. He's like, you can tell what it is. He's like, 50 cars around the track is just noise. And there was a huge disconnect between this guy and me and what we wanted. So uh, later down the road, we ended up writing a song. And, uh, you know, we went through a phase in the 2009 era where all of our songs had to have stupid names, Snap Your Neck and Walk Backwards, Chicago Typewriter, 50 Cars Around the Track is Just Noise, The Claw, things of that nature. So uh, this is one of those songs, but we dedicate this song to Dennis, the owner of the first studio we ever recorded in. So here you go, guys. 50 Cars Around the Track is Just Noise by Ninja Loot. Um, the best way to find this is on our Ninja Loot YouTube page. I've got the entire um nine track compilation in one like long video streamable it's like ep stream or whatever um i've been been contemplating kind of adding a little mastering to these songs and then posting them on spotify since we're you know kind of currently down so uh we'll see we'll see i keep i keep saying i'm gonna do these things and i haven't really wrapped my head around the how or the why yet so but this song is called 50 cars around the track is just noise Go, go, go. 